Welcome to I'd Rather Stay In, the podcast for cozy introverts. We're your hosts, Steffi Predmore and Megan Myers. This week's episode, The Enneagram Again. Hey, Megan. Hey, Steffi. What is up? Oh, not a whole lot. We live in that corona life just live in the corona life you know i mean i did actually go to a couple stores this weekend what uh i picked up an online order at one store and then i actually walked through target (gasps) i went to target yesterday and for the first time ever target failed me i was actually really irritated because i went for a couple of very specific things and they didn't have any of them they were just like out that is a waste of your quarantine trip. I was so pissed. <laughs> I was so pissed that I had to buy some new facial cleanser by Pixie Skin Treats. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I am not leaving this store empty-handed. I am not letting this venture out into the germ world go to waste. I'm picking up some new cleanser from Pixie. So <laughs> that's that's what happened. <laughs> Just turn that situation right around for yourself. I did. I did. I did. I was like, well, fine. (laughs) So that's, you know, I'm sure Alex was like, really? She's coming home with more face wash? It's fine. It's fine. I was making it worth my while. Right. They didn't even have any good wine. I was pissed. So (laughs) my target really just let me down. Yeah, it's really weird going to the, the store I, the, i've gotten used to the grocery store but target was it was the first time i've been to target and it was weird because it was like normal busy oh mm-hmm. but just everyone with masks yeah the first time i went it was not normal busy it was like really quiet which was actually kind of nice and then this time i've only been twice but this time it was definitely more busy um although we also it was really interesting because they were definitely like wiped out of all of the like college prep stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure that local colleges are doing online classes. So I don't know. It was very, it was very weird. I started to walk through the, um, the school supplies because <laughs> you know, I love off supplies and there was so much hand sanitizer that I got depressed. And so then I just, <laughs> so then I just was like, taking my face wash and I'm leaving bye (laughs) I should I didn't actually even look for any of the things that I that we need for like quarantine living like paper towels and Clorox wipes and stuff Uh uh-huh I just didn't even think of like they would have them so I just skipped it I feel like a lot of the stores are starting to have that stuff again um I mean uh, the target it was very well stocked with hand sanitizer I will I will say that I did not need any but I suppose if I had been on my list, it wouldn't have been a total bust. But yeah. alas, that was not that was not the crap that was on my list. <laughs> oh, Target! We also uh, got some work done on our patio this weekend, so so fancy. It's pretty nice, except they also uh, it's a total first world world problem. But they made like a huge mess because sure they were like cutting stones on our back patio. when they were putting the stones on the thing and so there's like this fine dust all over everything on the patio because of course we didn't put everything away before they came to do their work 
No, no, no. That would have been silly. Why would you do yeah. that? That's silly. Yeah, it would make sense. So, <laughs> like the couch and the little, like all the t- table and the ch- all the chairs mm-hmm. and just ran the football. Like everything just has this fine layer of white dust on it. Cool. That's yeah, awesome. <laughs> Thanks. I hate it. But the patio looks great. Well, at least there's that. Yeah. So after you get some rain and wash it, wash the dust off, it'll be fine. Well, I mean, the patio's covered, so the okay, part where all the dust gonna have is to, not going to... They're going to have to pull out the hose and like spray everything I down. I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> uh, first world problems. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. It's fine. If you've listened to literally any episodes of this podcast before, you know that we are borderline obsessed with the Enneagram. It was the topic of our very first episode, and it seemed time to revisit this favorite topic of ours. So to help us further explore the nine types and why understanding the Enneagram can can help you better navigate the world and your relationships, we've invited our pal and Enneagram enthusiast, Andrea Costin, to join us. Welcome, Andy. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Andy, why Hi. don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, well, first, obviously, you need to know my Enneagram number. Obviously. It's just why I'm here. Um, and if you haven't picked up on my Enneagram number just by how I said hello, then <laughs> you, need, you need to do some work. <laughs> do more research, okay? Do, yeah, right? Read your books. Uh, use your Pinterest. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm an Enneagram four wing three, though I did have an existential crisis this week and thought that I was a wing five. It's fine. We'll talk about it in a minute. That's rough. That's rough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, more about myself. I'm married to a dude. Uh, my ex-boyfriend's best friend is how I introduce him. Um, and we have four kids who are nine, seven, five, and two. And I have two wiener dogs and two cats. And I live in an extremely rural town in northern Michigan. Um, I feel like at some point I, we're going to probably need you to tell us the ex-boyfriend's best friend. I feel like there's a story there. Oh, there's a good story. Oh, no. I was immediately like, <laughs> do we have to talk about the Enneagram? Because Can we just like hear the story? story. <laughs> All right. You guys, you want, you want to hear about how I met my husband? Uh, yeah. It's yeah, we do. It's too late to not. It's too, it's too, we're in now. <laughs> Welcome. We're in deep. It's fine. <laughs> we're in deep. Okay. So I... Oh, man, I don't know how far back I want to go. So I will add some juicy some juicy parts. So I moved to a town uh, near the thumb of Michigan for an a ex-fiance. Three weeks after I moved, he broke up with me. So that's the beginning of the story. <laughs> Starts off well. It's great, real great. Um, and I was renting an apartment where the, the heat, the Heating vents opened like directly into uh, the rooms below, and oh. I had marijuana city in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the second, you know, strike for this move. Um, so I lived there about a year. I had switched colleges. I had to adjust. I I made a choice, and I had to run with it. <laughs> So I was working at the mall with this friend one night and this cute guy walks by and I was like, oh my gosh, he's so cute. And she kind of laughed and she goes, 
do you really think he's cute? And I was like, yeah. And she said, I know him. We grew up together. She calls him over and it's like, my, my girlfriend thinks you're cute. And he was like, all right. And we ended up going to the movies that night and we dated for about a month. Um, and then about after a month, I was like, eh, like there's, there's no oomph here. Sure. You're fun, but there's, there's no spark. So we can be friends. Um, at that point he proposed, um, <laughs> he, he was like, I want to marry you. And I was like, mm, did you not hear what I just said? I don't think we're on the same page, yeah. sir. Communication clearly isn't our strong point. That's <laughs> why I'm going to say no to that proposal. Um, but we did keep hanging out. And so I would say like another month later, we're hanging out. It's like literally 10 o'clock at night. And he gets this phone call from his best friend who I'm, I've never met. I've only heard about. And he gets off the phone and he's all serious. And he's like, my best friend just broke up with his girlfriend of three years. And I was like, oh, that's, that's sad. I don't know the guy, but that's sad. Um, and he's like, he wants to hang out and... Um, I was like, it's 10 o'clock at night. All right, whatever. Cause we're in our twenties. So that's when you could do that and not be right. dead the next day. It's right. Fine. That's a totally normal time in your twenties to be like, all right, let's hang out. Let's start the evening. At- <laughs> <laughs> I remember those days. <laughs> yes. So I, I literally got dressed up. I don't know why, because I wasn't I'm not really that person, but I like put on some makeup and we got in my Jeep and drove to the mall, which is (laughs) also a place that is open at 10 o'clock at night. Not anymore. Um, (laughs) So we're in the mall parking lot and this guy pulls up. I kid you not in the tiniest bright yellow car I've ever seen. Like, how a person fit in this car, I don't know. And he's like, oh, that's my best friend, Matt. And I was like, in my head, I'm thinking, who is this guy who drives this tiny yellow car? I mean, it was smaller than a dune buggy. And we live in Michigan, so this is a death trap. (laughs) Okay, so this guy gets out, it, like unfolds his body from the deepest corners of this car and gets into my Jeep and they're like, we're going to take, the ex-boyfriend is like, we're going to take your Jeep. I'm like, obviously, because no, <laughs> no one can fit in that. <laughs> oh my word. Like the fact that he needed to point that out. Oh, you were like, I, yeah, I got that. We're <laughs> taking the Jeep. <laughs> Again, this is why we are not dating. <laughs> so this guy gets into my Jeep and I like turn around to say hi. He's in like dicky pants, which if you're not from the 90s, please Google. <laughs> he's got a navy blue like sweatshirt on and he's wearing a, a bandana like over his eyebrows and I feel like tufts of curly hair the guy I can't it was hilarious to this day I was like that's the outfit you chose for that day I mean he'd just broken up with his girlfriend Andy and they were gonna get married like that was legit serious it's so he gets in my car it's been literally like 20 minutes since he broke up with his girlfriend 
And <laughs> I reached back to, to shake his hand and he was like, hi, I'm Matt. And I was like, hey. Um, he was super cute and like, I don't believe in love at first sight, which is something that Enneagrams forge. We don't say that a lot. Like we're the total, you know, the notebook is the epitome of our love life. That's what we're looking for here. Uh And, but there was definitely like instant attraction. So long story short, about an hour later, we ditched the (laughs) ex-boyfriend. Loser. <laughs> we're like, oh my goodness, we're so tired. And he's like, I want to go home and, you know, grieve. And we basically dropped the ex-boyfriend off and went back to my place and talked to like 5 a.m. And pretty much started dating at like 7 a.m. the next morning. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> but it, it gets better. It gets better. I, I won't get in. There's so many more stories. But the end of the story is that so we ended up eventually getting married. We were broken up for four years, but then got back together. That's another story. But we obviously got married. Um, the ex-boyfriend and the ex-girlfriend got married. Shut up! Yeah. <laughs> True story. <laughs> so we are the original wife swap. <laughs> That's amazing. Totally worth oh, it. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, that was absolutely worth it. I... I love knowing that story now. Yeah. I don't know why I don't have a Lifetime movie yet or a Hallmark movie. Like You totally should have a Hallmark movie. I mean, the twist at the end right? with the exes mm-hmm. getting married, like that's absolutely a Hallmark movie material. Yeah. Did this also take place at Christmas? I was going to say. Oh, it was in January. We missed it. But we could, uh, you know, the cl- there was snow. You could easily enough. move the plot over a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, you just do that. I mean, even if it's not like on Christmas, it's like a nice like Hanukkah story. You know, whatever. We can make this work. It's fine. It's fine. So before we get too much deeper into our conversation, actually about the Enneagram, uh, tell us how you first learned about the Enneagram and why you're super into it. Oh, my word. Um, So I've I've heard of the Enneagram. Like, for a while, I'd, I'd heard whispers of it. Uh, you know, when you're walking down dark alleys. In the back alley. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, have you taken the Enneagram? <laughs> they, they like open their, their big trench coats and they have like Richard War books. Hey, trench. <laughs> um, so I'd heard about it, but I wasn't like into it. I'd taken, you know, the Myers-Briggs mm-hmm. and I was totally a Myers-Briggs nerd, you know. Um, and then I, I don't know how it happened. I took the Enneagram. I think a friend made me do it, like cornered me. Um, and I, I took it and I was like a hot four. Like there's, there wasn't a question in the test. <laughs> you know, some, some women will test like a two mm-hmm. first because, you know, society, yeah. culture, whatever. Um, and no, it was like, you're a four, 98.9%. Um and I remember feeling very attacked because fours don't want to be labeled. And so you read, you know, when you read the Enneagram, it's like your, your weaknesses and your strengths. And I read the weaknesses and I was like, that's not me. <laughs> so I went into what I call Enneagram denial for a solid like two years. Um, I tried to deny its existence and then slowly it came back into my life. Like, you know, my husband did after four years. <laughs> And, uh, you know, just, I had to work through accepting, (laughs) accepting that I'm dramatic. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and accepting that, you know, no one is truly as unique as we want to be because we right. can still be labeled. I feel like the first time I took the test and I got, it was, it was pretty clear like from the first test that I took that I was a one but I do I remember like reading descriptions of ones at first and being like well I I don't I I don't I I don't I don't know that that's me I don't know I don't know this is (laughs) this is silly and (laughs) finally having to just like come to terms with like um yeah, I do have, like, a moral superiority issue, so, like, maybe I should confront that a little bit. My husband, he's a one, too, and when when I made him take the test, when I cornered him in a dark alley and made him take it, <laughs> he was like, I'm not a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> like, actually. <laughs> I just sat there, I'm like, I'm gonna leave you with that for a while. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's fine. It's it's fine. Um, so I'm really curious. So you are currently getting your master's in social work. Yes. And I'm really curious how you feel like the Enneagram might play a role in your career. Oh, boy. I think that I lucked out when it comes to Enneagram and social work. Mm-hmm. because we have a very unique way of viewing the world, which plays into how we can view our clients and how mm-hmm. we can treat our clients. Um, we tend to view people more empathically. So is that even a word, empathically? I think so. Yeah. It is now. It is now. All right. It's in the dictionary. I made it up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We tend to view the world in, in people more empathically. So when we're dealing with clients who we may or may not agree with or maybe struggling with or, you know, um, our inner selves want to judge their life choices, it's easier for me to sit with them and sit and discuss and try to understand where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. So I think that's, that's a strength. Um, the, the the difficulty is is when you know a four gets stressed and we get overloaded because as an empath, you know the other side of that coin is that we also absorb everything. So sure. the ability to turn off work is something that you have to work for as a four, and I in even not even work, just the ability to turn off even in relationships and friendships, um, and say I need to process, I need to take time for myself. Because we have a tendency, you know, um, to to just take it all on and want to fix everything. Yeah. Yeah. And at some point, you will burn yourself out if you keep doing that. Mm-hmm. And that's so. super common just in a job. Social workers have high high burnout. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. One of my one of my very best friends, he's, he's not a social worker, but he's a therapist. And like, he's just such an empathetic human and um he's married to he's married to my best friend and she and I are terrible people and so (laughs) we're constantly like Kevin is literally the nicest human that we know and we're constantly like Kevin you can't like bring home all of like you can't bring home all of your clients like problems like you have to be able to shut that off like you have to go to therapy because otherwise your clients like you can't 
take all of that on. So, yeah, I feel like social workers, counselors, I feel like that's a big, like, you need to be able to set it aside mm-hmm. in order to just live your life. My, my husband constantly says, uh, Andrea, you can't bring home all the kids. And yeah. to which I say, we're going to adopt again. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, watch me. Watch me. Uh-huh. Why do you think we bought this house, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like, so, you know, we're talking to, so we're talking about your, your husband and you know, like what his Enneagram number is. And we've talked on here that my husband is an eight, um, which is very similar to fives, which is what Megan is. Um, but one of the things that I like about the Enneagram my, personally is just how it sort of helps you navigate relationships. And that can be like with your spouse or your partner, but it can also help you navigate like friendships, um, even some like coworker relationships. So I, I just want to chat about that for a little bit. Like how do we all feel like, the Enneagram and understanding our types and the types of our loved ones helps us be better just people in our relationships. I have to admit, I still haven't gotten Bob to take the test yet. (gasps) What is the number that refuses to take the test? Well, I don't think I've asked him, actually. Oh, well, now you have homework, girl. That's on you, Megan. I did try to get my son to take it and we started to take it because I was like trying to help him because the questions are like a a little bit over the head of a 12 year old sometimes. Sure. And I think we got like halfway through and he was just like, how many more pages are there? (laughs) (laughs) So we didn't finish. Never mind. So what's what's the one that doesn't want to finish tasks because... That's what everybody is. That's what he is. I'm going to go with possibly a nine. (laughs) <laughs> that could be yeah. that could be yeah. just poop out after a while I took I made my 17 year old niece she was 16 at the time take the test and uh, we were halfway through and she was overanalyzing every question and it was all about moral the moral compass I was like you're done you're a one <laughs> <laughs> like no <"Nope." laughs> like I don't have the patience for this I've already numbered you <laughs> I mean, that's sort of where I fell with Alex when he like took it and it, it told him he was a one, and I was like, "You took that wrong. You're you an eight. Wrong." <laughs> and he was like, "Oh, really?" And then I just sent him a bunch of like information on eights, and he was like, "Oh, yeah, you're probably right." I was like, "I am right. I'm a one." Because <laughs> I'm a one. <laughs> like, come on, get it, get with it. <laughs> yeah, I like so. I feel like. So, for example, with Megan, I feel like understanding that you were a five is helpful in our friendship because I know that we express ourselves differently and we express, um, like, we we express love differently. And so I'm, like, I'm a very warm like I'm a very warm fuzzy I want to like hug on you and tell you I love you all the time kind of person and I know that that's just not how you are Mm -hmm. and that you express your love in a totally different way um and yet I've never like we express love very very differently but I've never ever doubted that 
you care very deeply about me. Um, and so, um, and I think understanding our Enneagram types has helped me like have insight into like how you express yourself and like those things about you, especially as a five, I do think like sometimes fives can be like, I'm going to be elusive and you're not going to understand me. <laughs> <laughs> so like even just knowing that that's how you are <laughs> is, is like helpful in our friendship. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm a five, but I'm also a Taurus. So like putting <laughs> the two of those together is just like, you're a hot mess. I'm you're a hot ass, ass like, mess. <laughs> it's just like, a Taurus five is just taking all of the five things and like going as far to the extreme as you possibly can. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're the, you're the poster child, poster child for fives. Um, so as I was just like talking about that, I wonder like, Andy, do you feel like there's a, con- there's a connection between love languages and the Enneagram? I do. I really do. Um, but I also think that those love languages can fluctuate as we move between like healthy numbers and unhealthy. Totally. So when I took the love languages test, I literally hit all of them evenly. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure I was flagged in the system. Um, <laughs> you just love love. Yeah, I just you need to tell me that you love me in every single way. <laughs> that, that's probably like you know my trauma coming out um, your husband is lucky man he is so lucky um he doesn't even know it yet <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I, I find that with you know like Matt is a Matt's my husband by the way not the ex-boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> Matt is he's a solid one he's I think a, I mean, he's a one wing two though sometimes he's so passive I want to kick him um so I think that might just be being a man sometimes so well and his his dad is the ninest nine I've ever met um so I think he like picked up some nine traits but anyway that's how so he took the um you know the love languages test and he is totally like words of affirmation um and some acts of service which I've overloaded him with because I'm the one who cleans his damn laundry, picks up his underwear, <laughs> and cooks for him. So we got that covered. But um, I've noticed that when he becomes unhealthy, then it's more like physical touch. And um, he needs that because, you know, when ones are unhealthy, they move to a four, which is great in our house when we're both in the four space. Uh, <laughs> It's a roller coaster. You don't want to. I was going to ask you about that actually. <laughs> like, how'd that work out for you? Um, we yeah. Let's talk about marriage counseling next. <laughs> uh, I have a lawyer on retainer for a divorce, just in case. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We love each other. We met in a mall. Um, <laughs> So yeah, when he when we're both when he's a four, he wants more physical attention than he does words of affirmation. He needs to, my presence. He needs me to be there because then he's feeling more empathic and he just needs to feel my love versus hear sure. it. Because sure. you know, ones you know those stuff when when you move into that emotional space, you know, not being logical is totally like 
the worst case scenario for your brain because you're mm -hmm. so you depend on that logic and he depends on that logic and those words of affirmation so um it's it's interesting to me it's fascinating how the love languages connect with enneagram yeah i feel like somebody needs to do more like research on this yeah i'll get on that when i get my degree <laughs> you only have like a few projects that you want to work on yeah i'll add it to the list i can do that this is when the ADHD starts to come in handy because you're like, yeah. I can I can do all sorts of projects at I once. I can whip out a clinical research paper in like an hour. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I am like always endlessly fascinated by the directions of well the officials the official term is the directions of integration and disintegration, which is the numbers we go to in growth and in stress. Um, I just, I find that, I find this endlessly fascinating and I don't know exactly why I find it so fascinating. Um, but like you just said, your husband goes, he's a one and, um, we go to four in stress. Um, we go as once we take on, we go to seven when we're like in a flow state, um, which I always joke with Megan is like when I actually become fun. <laughs> <laughs> the only time I'm actually I'm actually fun and not an uptight pain in the ass is like when I'm a little bit tipsy. It's fine. Um, that explains so much in my house. We have a Target. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Megan has been with me when I've been drunk in Target before. <laughs> you think Target is great? And you just wait until you're drunk you in Target. Wait. On the next episode, it'll be solely Steffi drunk in Target. <laughs> Looking for more Prosecco. Drunk on Prosecco, looking for more Prosecco was the full, like, context of... Yep. Yeah, it was fun. It was, it was great. I, you know, it's when I become fun. Um, <laughs> but I just, I don't know. I think it's so interesting to to understand not only, again, like, with the relationships. Like, I have friends that are twos, and when they're under stress, they act like eights. And it's, it is interesting because sometimes I'm like, oh my God, you're like not even acting like yourself. And then I'm like, act well, you are, but also you're taking on the like negative things about the less awesome things about eights. Um, and so just understanding like, okay, this is where your brain is going. You are under a lot of stress right now for whatever reason. And like recognizing that in that in that person, um, I don't know. I just I just feel like I understand my friends whose numbers I know. I feel like I understand them so much better because I understand their enneagram numbers. It should be mandatory. Like we should all have business cards that we just show to each other. Like here's my number. Okay, I know how to deal with you. <laughs> <laughs> Megan and I have tried to get our team at work to do it. We have, we, although we, we self, we, not self, but we, we diagnosed a couple of people <laughs> and once we realized what certain people, a couple certain people were, we're like, oh, that explains a lot. That makes so much more sense now. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. I mean, we also assign dogs to people, so. <laughs> That's a know. fun we, time. <laughs> it, it is really fun. What was the one we were doing? Oh, Andy, in our, like, Instagram group chat with our friends, we were saying what plant everyone was. Yeah. So 
that was hilarious. <laughs> like a house plants yeah. or like all the, well, all the plants? I think we ended up at all the plants because we had to branch out. Yeah. Well, because there was, I, I saw a meme that was, um, it was about threes and it was like when you don't give them attention, they're like a wilty, one of those little wilty plants that then the mm-hmm. minute you give it water, it like perks up. It's like threes getting attention. And so I sent that to our group because one of our friends is a three. And then our friend who is an eight was like, what plant am I? And Andy and I at almost the exact almost same time that, said, yeah. cactus. Yeah, total cactus. <laughs> But her animal, by the way, is a porcupine. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, She's sure. absolutely a porcupine. And then I said that Andy's like one of those really like rare flowers that only blooms at night. But like under very certain circumstances in the desert after three drops of rain, like... <laughs> That's a sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. And then I was... You said I was an aloe because I'm useful. Yeah, uh, it, it wants have to be useful and they have to get yes. it right. So like an aloe, I was thinking an aloe plant. I'm sure there's a better plant though, because it's I fine. feel like an aloe would be like a two. Oh, yeah, because they're like, it's like a soothing balm. So, yeah, it's soothing. You get a sunburn. You want, <laughs> yeah, you want, you want the aloe plant. You yeah. want that two in your life to like go get you the aloe. Right. I mean, my mom's a Maybe like too. a echinacea or something. Yeah, I'm like some sort of, I'm some sort of like medicinal herb. St. John's wort. <laughs> Perfect. That's sexy. That's, yeah. a, that's, that's a sexy plant. That's what I want to be. <laughs> I get the plant from Dennis the Menace. Remember that movie that blooms and <laughs> once every 40 years. And, yes. You know, what the neighbor misses it and you are St. John's wort. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. I love it. I don't know what, uh. I don't know what fives would be. Something, again, something elusive that's, like, deep in the jungle. Deep in the jungle, <laughs> but it, it uh, there's history behind it. Yeah. It's been there for thousands of yeah. years. It's the last one of its kind. It's the, like, it's the plant <laughs> that every, that the, like, the the medicine men go to. It's the, like, you get the, like, wisdom from oh, this plant. You're the flower from Tangled. Ah! <laughs> It is, I don't know if it counts, though, if it's not a real flower. It counts. I'm All sure right. it's a real we flower. We made the flower. rules. Yeah. It counts. Does that mean I get to live forever? Sure. Yeah. If you want. Or unless you want to be like, you're going to be like me with that workout we do where the lady's like, if you do this every day, you can live to be 106. And I'm like, I don't want to live to be 106. <laughs> that sounds horrible. All my friends would be dead. I don't want to live to be that old. Gross. <laughs> It's like that dinosaur book. All my friends are dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the dinosaur book. Happy are dead. birthday. You're 106. All my friends are dead. Uh, no one else is alive. I just, I, don't, I legit don't want to live to be 106. Like, do I want to live to be older than 31? Yes. Do I want to live to be 106? Absolutely not. Okay. So somewhere in between there is just right. I'm thinking 37 is <laughs> a good age. That's right. <laughs> Things are starting to, you know, like crackle as I move. It's fine. My my body's just keeping weight on for the heck of it. It's like a joke. It's like a joke. bad joke. Yeah. 30s, late thirties is a bad joke. I hear it gets better when you turn forty because then your kids are old enough that you can exercise. And I'm like, mm, not gonna happen here. <laughs> Hasn't happened yet. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, checked it. Check that box in May, and it still still hasn't happened. See? 
It's fine. It's fine. Megan knows everything. She's a five. She's a five? <laughs> Let's bring it back around to the original discussion. <laughs> okay, so you're, the Enneagram in parenting, Megan, you tried to get Reese to take the quiz, and he petered out. Um, Andy, I, you and I have talked before about how, um, like, you you have like pretty much pinpointed a yeah. couple of your kids numbers uh, like they're solid like the the older three are obvious so obvious um like textbook the the baby she's not three yet like we're not right it could go either way <laughs> sure um so my oldest it literally is a carbon copy of me in looks and in personality um, and I apologize to him every single day for this. Um, <laughs> and he wakes up, he's like, good morning, mom. And I'm like, I'm so sorry for your loss. <laughs> sorry for the genetics. I'm sorry for the issues you're going to face. I'm sorry that you have to deal with me as a mom when I'm 106. Um, <laughs> but I live forever. Yes. So he is a solid, he's a solid four. Um, his current thing right now is imitating Phil Swift from Flex Tape. Sure. You guys heard of this? Flex Tape? No. no. Oh my word. Google Flex Tape and Phil Swift and he'll walk around the house and he'll be like, hey, I'm Phil Swift from Flex Tape. And he like does the whole thing. So future in some sort of... Oh, like an infomercial. Oh yeah. He is a walking infomercial. These oh, guys... I have seen this infomercial. Yeah. <laughs> It's the one. It's the one with the that's been memed about. You know, my toddler's upset, and then he slaps the flex tape on. You know, gummies fixes it all. <laughs> so that's my oldest son is a walking infomercial. But that he's a solid four. He's an actor. He wants to learn all the musical instruments. He you know wants to be on stage. Uh, my second is a as a one he's a carbon copy of his dad. Um, and it's just obvious. Like, his kindergarten teacher, she gives out these awards at the end of the year, like naming, you know, like future, what do they call it? There's a name for it. Like, most, you know, prettiest smile. Or oh, whatever. the, like, superlatives or whatever? Yeah, yeah she gave him future Mr. President. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. we call him Mr. President now. Um and then my daughter is a solid seven. She cannot understand how the world does not rotate around her and do what she wants right now all the time. She can't understand why the rest of you want to be left the fuck alone sometimes. Exactly. Or like why we don't get to go to McDonald's 27 times a day or why we can't just hop on a plane to go to Disneyland right now. Like, girl. <laughs> 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 five times a day I'm like you do realize that like the world exists outside of you right oh, she's a handful <laughs> how do you feel like um how do you feel like understanding their numbers has either helped you or even maybe hindered you in parenting oh it's so helped because then when they do stuff like be annoying I know why they're annoying why <laughs> <laughs> like, you're being this is the key. Understand the key. why your children are annoying. <laughs> when your kids are being... Uh, are we allowed to swear on this podcast? Oh, absolutely. When they're being little shits, and <laughs> you want to, like, chuck them across the room because they're fighting. Oh, fighting. That's another thing. A one and a seven, oil and oh, water, baby. 
Oh, absolutely. So, <laughs> like, it has helped. Literally, this is how the Enneagram has helped my life. We have a seating arrangement in the car based off the Enneagram. That's actually really smart. Yeah. So you can't put the one and the seven together. The four has to rotate because, um, you know, he can't sit by the gas side of the car because he can smell it. <laughs> and he has to be able to look out a window so he can, you know, zone out and imagine his dreams coming true. I don't know. Imagine his, like, music video as yeah. he's looking exactly. out the window. Yep. You know, the seven has to be in charge of the radio. The one needs to be able to police everyone. And then you have the baby who's just like, I don't know yet. Yeah, should we call her we call her Spider-Man? Because she's just happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've also, like the Enneagram, we've also Marvel charactered our children. And yeah, she's Spider-Man. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, so what are what are the other kids? Okay, so <laughs> the oldest is Tony Stark. Okay. Um, the second, he is Captain America. Sure. And they fight all the time. For like, you watch those two fight in the movies, and I'm like, yeah, that's totally them. Um, and then my, like I said, the baby is Spider Man, and then uh, my daughter is. I haven't decided. Sometimes she reminds me of the Black Widow. Cause she's really violent. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Black Widow. She could be Wonder Woman, but she doesn't have any care for justice. Because <laughs> she's a seven. She's a seven. <laughs> this doesn't please me. So, she, yeah, she's definitely definitely the Black Widow. I legitimately only have, I think, like one friend that's really a seven that I like know of. And I think the reason that we are able to, like, get along is because she also understands the Enneagram. And so we're able to, like, when we are just totally, like, totally opposite of each other on something, we're like, well, it's because I'm a one and you're a seven. We're able to just, like, laugh it off. Yeah, you let it go. Because <laughs> otherwise, yeah, it's like, what is happening? Because she's always just like, yeah, let's go have fun. Da, 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 da. Um, and I'm like, it was like during COVID has been really interesting because like she's taking it seriously, but she's not as like rule followy as I am. So she's like, well, we can do da, da, da. And I'm like, no, you can't. You can't do that. It's against the rules. Oh my gosh. But, but the rules. She's like, oh, but have some fun. I'm like, but the rules. <laughs> have you printed out the rules yet? Uh, <laughs> no, I just have them memorized, girl. Right, right. Come on. <laughs> Automatically have a rule memorized. I legitimately. So in Illinois, our governor had listed out the, um, the phases for reopening. And it was in a chart. And I like memorized the chart of course you did and then <laughs> when they reopen started to reopen restaurants um they ended up opening um patio seating before they opened the indoor stuff and but it was there was a list of rules and it was like you there you can only have the you know the tables have to be at least x amount away from each other that can only be like six 
people who are less at the table. They have to, you know, like all of these things. It has to be a minimum of six feet or 10 feet or I don't know, something from the sidewalk and blah, 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 blah. And I... (laughs) You know, and then I'm like driving down the road, like downtown, seeing all these places putting out the outdoor seating. And I'm like, that's not following the rules. That's not following the rules. That is definitely not following the rules. And Alex was just like, you've got to stop. This sounds so familiar. <laughs> you have got to, he was like, you've got, you've, you've got to, no, you're not allowed out of the house anymore. <laughs> I was like, well, of course not. These people aren't following the rules. I don't want to socialize with them. <laughs> So I'm I'm so much fun. I'm just buckets of fun. Alex is so blessed. So blessed. So blessed. I I also made um, our daughter's birth parents take the Enneagram test, which was actually great because I had a hunch on both of their numbers, and I was right. <laughs> and I was right, says the one. I was right, um, and. So Alex and her birth dad are both eights, which is so interesting to me. And then um, her birth mom's a nine. And it is, it's because we support, we have a very open relationship. And um, as much as we can, we, we see them, they live a couple hours from us. Um, but like, we were all together over 4th of July weekend. And Again, like, I, I feel like um, understanding, like, what their numbers are real, has really helped um, me understand just, like, how they are both, like, likely navigating the adoption and our relationship and, you know, figuring out all of these things. And so I feel like it's been really helpful to know each other's numbers and to, like, understand those things about each other. So, just, it's a really useful tool, you guys. If any listeners haven't done it yet, you're fools, and go fix your life. Go go check yourself before you wreck yourself. (laughs) Go get right with Jesus! (laughs) And then you can spend all of your time assigning everyone you know and people you don't know, like TV characters. Oh, Oh, all the time. Oh, yeah, that's life right there. All the time. (laughs) All the time. Yeah, Veronica Mars, absolutely a five. For she's, sure. She's absolutely a five. Yeah, so uh, Andy, I sent you into like a existential crisis oh my word, because yeah. <laughs> when we were planning the podcast here, like to have you on, you were like, what's your, you, you literally said to me, which, what's Megan's number? The only number I don't understand, like I have a hard time with is five. So I was like, She's a five. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then in researching, you went down a rabbit hole. Oh, it's bad as a dark, deep alley. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I've always had, I have a hard time with five. Sorry, Megan. It's not personal. I don't even know you. Um, <laughs> but it's, you guys are elusive. And I cannot handle people I can't read. Um, and that's my empath. That's also my trauma. Um and I own that. However, like, so I start researching a five. I'm like, okay, now I got to prep. Now I got to prep. I got to be nice. I got to understand. <laughs> like, when somebody says their number and you have to interact with them, you're, you're dumb to not research because it's literally like a roadmap. And, you know, so. Exactly. I start researching you, Megan, so that we can have a conversation. And I'm like, holy crap, this could be me. 
maybe I don't understand because it's who I am. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think there's a little like when, when you, when you're trying to figure out your wing, you have to understand like you pull from both sides. Mm-hmm. It's just which mm-hmm. ones you pull from, you know, the majority of the time. So there are definitely five traits that I have. Like I'm super researchy. Obviously, I'm going to social work. And I have to know everything. I have to research anything. And I, I do as a, you know, four, I do enjoy being elusive, but more for like attention. Um, <laughs> no, I'm like the total goth kid in the corner who wore black and, you know, whatever, just to get attention. But I went down this rabbit hole and I was like taking the test again and I was on Pinterest. I was messaging Steph and I was like, oh boy. And, but it came down to the, like the core, why do I think I'm a three? And I think I'm a three because I have to accomplish tasks every day. So, Mm -hmm. but there's definitely some five traits that are within me. So see, now you understand yourself a little bit better. And now I understand Megan a little bit better. That's cool. Well, my wing is four, so there you go. So we will both be in the corner with textbooks in black goth. Not not wanting people to understand you, but for different different motivations. Right. We don't want to be understood, but we also don't want to be alone. So I will, I will not be alone with you in a dark corner dressed in goth, <laughs> like a cat. We'll be like, yes, Catwoman. There, we just character ourselves, Catwoman. Oh my god, love it! I love it. Well, Andy, thank you so much for coming to chit chat with us about the Enneagram today. We, you know, it's one of our favorite things to talk about. So it's always enjoyable to chat with about it with someone that loves it as much as we do. So let's round things out by sharing what's bringing us joy this week. Andy, how about you? Oh, what's bringing me joy? Um, it's cooler weather. We had like 90 degree weather and you couldn't even go outside without your face melting off. Um, so the ability to actually be outside and enjoy it is fabulous, especially because I need my children away from me and the best place for them is outside. <laughs> go outside. Get outside. I love you. Get out of my face. My kids will not go outside because it's so hot here. Yeah, see? So, yep. feel it. I thought, I thought about moving south, but then the 90 degree, 90 degree weather hits here, and we have massive humidity because we're surrounded by water. Um, mm. Yeah, so after like a week of 90 degree weather, I'm like, mm, I'm good. Never mind, I'll stay up here. I'm fine in Hoth. It's fine. Now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steffi, how about you? <laughs> Words are hard. Oh, um, so I have started using a new um, Kate Somerville moisturizer. Ooh. And yeah, I got it in a FabFitFun box and I actually procrastinated opening it because her stuff is not cheap, but it's also really good. And I was like, I don't want to fall in love with this. And then I did open it and I fell in love with it. So it's bringing me joy because I'm not out of it yet. But it it makes my skin so soft. 
Is it a big? Well, I guess because they, they always send like full size. Yeah, well. it's like the full size. It's the goat milk moisturizer. And it is so, oh my God, it is just, it feels so luxurious and I love it. And I'm probably going to be hooked on it now. And I'm a little pissed with myself for that. <laughs> but also I just, I just, it makes my skin feel so good. So that has made me really happy. Yeah. I, you know, good. Our, our good friend Ade would be so, so pleased with me on my she good would. skincare routine. So, Megan, round us out. What's what's bringing you joy this week? Well, uh, last week I got a mystery package in the mail, and it was a book from you. Yes! Uh, you sent me a book that uh, was written by my favorite podcast host. There's a podcast called Call Your Girlfriend, mm-hmm. and it's a really awesome podcast, and they wrote a book about friendship. Yes, I got myself a copy. I haven't started yeah. it yet, though. So I got us each a copy. It's pretty great. I haven't finished it yet, but um, it's kind of a nice, like, little way to end the day, read a little bit of it, and think about friends instead of all of this nonsense. The world. The world. <laughs> I've, I've been reading a little bit at night, too, um, although I've been reading a novel. Um, so, but... I do have that book is it is on the to be read pile. So there's something nice about just like ending the day reading a little bit. Yeah. So and uh, the call your girlfriend uh, all summer they're doing in like celebration of their book coming out. They're doing episodes specifically on friendship. So it's sort of a little listen to some of those episodes as a companion to reading the book. Yeah, I need to catch up on the podcast, actually, but it is my favorite podcast. They're really good hosts. They always have really good guests on, too. Yeah, they always do have awesome, awesome guests. Yeah. So next week, we're going to talk about something that can sometimes be hard for introverts to set with others, but something that we really, really need, boundaries. Join us back here as we chat about boundaries and personal relationships on social media and more. Until then, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and listen to us on your favorite platform. You can also follow us on social media at IRSI Podcast or send us an email at I'd rather stay in podcast at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. Bye.